and Apex Lab Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the Level Up Engineering Podcast, where we speak to the most experienced technology leaders from around the world. So stay with us to learn actionable management insights to take your engineering team to the next level. This show is powered by Apex Lab, a team of experts in end-to-end digital product development. ApexLab.io Hi there, everyone. I am Karolina Tot, and this is the Level Up Engineering Podcast. I am happy to have Tavi Rahamagi with me today. But before we start, I would like to just give you a little disclaimer. I've been really intrigued by the, uh, by the idea of um, video content. And so now, if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast, uh, podcast platform you can check us out on youtube as well and uh, see us in a video which is kind of exciting so for us to keep going with this video format we would love to hear from you and if you don't like it then we will not do it anymore so with that said without further ado let me welcome our guest today davi rahamagi he is ceo and co-founder of dashboard and he will tell us a bit more about the company. But today's topic is uh, from tech lead to CEO. And uh, we have him with uh, the background of having started coding at the age of 14 and, uh, and having started his company just now. So stick with us if you are an aspiring CEO and you are right now working as a, as a developer. Welcome and please tell us a bit about yourself. Hey, Carolina, uh, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here and definitely the, per- the first first video guest is also interesting. So let's see how that goes. Uh, so a bit about my own background. Uh, as I said, as you said, I've been a developer for, for most of my life before and worked at all sorts of different technical roles in, in different startups. Uh, been in tech for over 10 years now, um, built different products and, and worked with different engineers uh, with different technologies. And uh, three years ago, and or like since the past three years, I've been um, the co-founder and CEO of, of Dashbird. Uh, we started Dashbird, so yeah, in 2018, and it's been a journey. Uh, we've come quite a long way since when we started. We've raised uh, venture capital. We've built a world-class team. We've uh, launched products, uh, acquired customers, uh, done a lot of the early stage activities that a startup goes through and it's been quite the ride. I'm happy to talk about my experience and um, and yeah, also about the company. Dashboard is also a tool for developers. So I think this is what makes me kind of qualified to be its CEO or that's how we kind of came up to it as well. So Dashboard is a monitoring and insights overview platform for uh, distributed cloud applications. We work with companies who are uh, hosting their uh, applications on top of serverless infrastructures in AWS. And we provide visibility and understanding into how the application is operating. All of the failures uh, are being reported by Dashboard and we help companies to operate and and fix and maintain and improve their applications. It's kind of like Datadog, but for serverless. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for that clarification. And um, with that said, um, you mentioned that you are qualified to to uh, be an expert in this area but uh, please tell us a bit about how your current role as ceo is 
different from a software engineering role? Yeah, sure. So it's obviously it's completely different. So it's a completely different world. And I also was thinking before we had, you know, before this call, right, just now that nobody's ever really qualified to be the CEO for the first time. I think I, I've noticed this, uh, you know, among other founders, it's like, doesn't matter if you come from sales or, or pr product management or whatever other discipline, like becoming a CEO and doing uh, stuff across the board, across like from, you know, acquiring customers, go to market strategy, to product, to, to fundraising. Um, like, unless you, you've actually done those things, uh, like everybody is starting from pretty much the same, uh, same place. And it's, uh, you know, the transition, I think for me was a bit gradual, but also feet first into, into cold water a little bit. So when we started, obviously the first kind of six months was mainly just building the product and, and thinking about how the product should work and things like that. But after that, I tr transitioned into more like a full-time CEO role, uh, which meant raising money, um, which was this whole kind of a journey that I did for the first time in my life. After that, uh, you know, building the team, uh, iterating on the product strategy and forming the code to market uh, activities early on in the company. And then over time, I think my role has been basically working on each one of those areas again and again and iterating. So it's been product, hiring, uh, fundraising, go to market, sales, uh, talking to customers, being at webinars, podcasts, as we are right now. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so your role, I am assuming, is a, is a lot more versatile in the sense that you, when you code, you also can use a lot of different aspects of coding and, and libraries and different languages or different databases, whatever. But now you have to kind of use different aspects of your personality, if that makes sense, like building a business kind of wants you to just do different yeah. things. Yeah, I think it's kind of basically being a generalist. So having an opinion on like, I don't even have as much opinions anymore around the, the development side. Like I trust engineers to do what they do best. And I don't, you know, go into their meetings and say like, hey, we need to do this in that way or something like that. This, but it's basically uh, having an opinion and kind of working on different disciplines. Uh, I think over time, this has transitioned more to be like around product strategy and kind of how to, how to win in any market. What do the customers really care about? Where's the kind of the biggest pain points? And then also around how do you actually take a product to market? And uh, so I think over time, those kinds of focus areas are also shifting as well. So they start out being really product focused over time, um, moving into the business side, and it's a lot about people, like 80% is just about managing or, or talking to people, having different conversations. Um, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, especially when you think about the general perception of who a developer is. Now you mainly mm -hmm. just have to talk to people. So with that said, let me dig into a little bit about your story. What made you what made you want to start Dashboard? How did the idea came around? Yeah, so the roots of Dashboard are actually, uh, we were working on this other company or like not as founders, but as, as team members in the engineering organization. And uh, we happened to be building a serverless, which uh, serverless is a really new kind of 
technology trend. Uh, it got started really in 2017, 2016. And at that time already, we were like building quite a meaningful application on serverless. Uh, and that enabled us to kind of see the future a little bit. We were ahead of the curve. Not a lot of people were building stuff on it at that time, which, you know, we saw that this is going, this is here to stay. Like serverless is a meaningful trend in, in cloud computing. There's a market that's emerging here and the community, but also enabled us to see the challenges that other organizations are going to face down the line. So, you know, being a couple of years ahead of time, we were seeing like, hey, like two years from now, there's going to be a lot of organizations facing the same challenges. Uh, let's let's try to build something that would solve some of the challenges and what we would ourselves use. And, and it was like, you know, started out as just something, can we build it? Could this work? Can we use it for ourselves? And then after doing that, we kind of tried to, to put it out there and it kind of started gaining traction. People started using it. There was like really positive feedback and kind of organic interest towards the product early on, which then like grew quite organically. And it was obvious that there is something there. Uh, obviously that the strategy and the complexity of that product early on is nothing compared to what it is now. And like we've gone through like tens of iterations or, or, or hundreds of different like changes to, to form it into a, like a more mature company. Right. So am I um, correctly hearing that it wasn't really you wanting to become a CEO per se, it was just kind of an emergent quality of you creating a product that you thought was needed? Yeah. So as a group of founders, like I think there was an ambition to, to do a company, to do a startup. I think that was there, but it wasn't like we need to do it at, at any cost. It was like, we knew that we want to do it at some point in our lives. Uh, and you're like looking for a right opportunity. And then Dashboard kind of came along. And like the decision to be the CEO wasn't like, I have this ambition. It was kind of that we settled into, like the other co-founder was, uh, was working on the tech side more and kind of organically went into that. I think I didn't even acknowledge it as much in the beginning um it kind so. of happened so would you say that you were kind of like an open person as a developer as well like would you say that you were more comfortable speaking and standing up in front of crowds than your fellow developers uh, i think a little bit yes i think that's always been one of my qualities in a way but I don't know if that matters as a quality for a CEO, I get maybe a little bit because you need to be able to go out into the world and talk to customers and, and to VCs and to convince people to, to join your startup in terms of funding or, you know, customer or, or employee. So I think that's really important. Um, so what but, are some yeah. of the essential skills that you need as a, as a CEO? I think the, every kind of early stage startup needs a founder who would go out into the world and get people excited about it. I think that it's also in, in YC, what they say is your startup needs one evangelical founder who's able to go out into the world and basically sell it. Uh, but you don't, you, 
you still need a CTO who's really strong, like and like the, the other like the, the go-to-market people, like they are just as important. So like it alone is just is not enough, but you need different disciplines. But uh, they say that it's hard to succeed wildly or like really big without uh, this kind of founder. So I think that's the main role of a CEO. Mm -hmm. So would you say that um, you and the CTO really come together and and um, help each other out in different aspects of the company? Yeah, I think we definitely have a really good chemistry with uh, with, with the management team right now. And uh, I think that the skills are definitely complementary and the interests are also complementary. So we work on the product together. And I think I do like the, you know, the everything with the investors and, and, and customers and like Mark focuses more on the on the product and engineering. So definitely a good fit. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is your most exciting part to the role of CEO? What what mm -hmm. is it that was added to your life by becoming the CEO? I think it's uh, two main things is watching other people succeed basically in your team or like as, as customers, uh, like when you, when we built the, the engineering team, that's, uh, you know, releasing really good products month in and month out and succeeding or like people in the marketing team. And I think that, you know, seeing that and kind of feeling a little bit responsible is, uh, is quite amazing. And I think the other thing is looking at, putting together different functions into a company that's kind of running like an orchestra or something like you, you take like individual pieces of, of, of teams and like areas and then that forms beautifully into into a company which is really nice to see on a kind of on like a third person view right in a way I think that's interesting thank you with that said do you have a and excuse me if this is like too yeah personal but like do you have a a longing for the developers work like like what you did as an ic for example do you do you feel like you want to go back or do you ever go back on the weekend <laughs> when i have time i i just play around and like do random coding sessions sometimes not even on dashboards just on like projects but or like just stay around like two challenges I don't think I would want to go back full time. I think that um, it's like a really challenging role, but it's also like really interesting. And I think I'm exposed to a lot of interesting people and like things to do. And uh, I'm I'm enjoying it. And I think it's becoming easier over time. So I think the first one and a half years, I was like, I would have gone back. <laughs> I think now you're getting used to it and uh, it's becoming more more interesting. Or like it was interesting, but yeah. Now it's becoming perhaps a bit more like your comfort zone, and and you're feeling more yeah. comfortable. Yeah, you're starting to understand what you need to do. <laughs> nice. So, are there any mistakes that you're willing to share with our listeners that you made along the way when you were transitioning into this position? <laughs> And is there something that you would like to do differently? Um, I think there's been a ton of mistakes. I think also the perspective of like, like usually the perspective of people is 
when you're making mistakes is you're only remember the mistakes and kind of looking back at the three years, like all I can see is mistakes right now. Obviously there has been a lot of success and, as well. And like for every bad decisions, there's like maybe 10 good decisions. You know, obviously doing an early stage startup is not as glamorous as, as it might look like. And you, you end up making mistakes and struggling. I think the biggest mistakes were done early on uh, with uh, maybe like sales or, or marketing strategies that were we didn't know what we were doing exactly and and kind of losing losing momentum in some places or, or making like strategically wrong decisions in some cases. And yeah, I think that we've always been good with engineering. Uh, so because that's what we know, we know how to hire engineers. We know what the customer wants in a large part, I think growing into what works in, in sales and what works in marketing has been the most difficult, but also the mistakes that I've made don't seem like obvious mistakes at the time. Like you don't know enough information at the time you're doing those mistakes to prevent them really as well. So now with experience, I can see them, but yeah, you're gonna get scars <laughs> when you're doing an early stage startup, definitely. Okay. But it seems like you learn from them in hindsight, right? Yeah, I think yes, but there's always new mistakes to make. Nice. <laughs> as well. so not, the, a, not the new, definitely. A bright future ahead of us. <laughs> so you, you mentioned quite a few things. Let me a do a little summary of, of what we have seen, because I've, I've heard from you that um, it's important to complement each other within the team, right? So. Mm -hmm you and the co-founder have to find the niche in which you have to participate to make the, the company the best it can be. And then I feel like you really mentioned without saying it, that you have to keep an open mind to, to all parts of the business kind of, um, yeah. as a, as a CEO, it sounds like you, you learned a lot about product strategy and, and marketing as you mentioned, and, just like how to run it all and all the while keeping a close pair of eyes on, on the product, right? Yeah, I think you hit the nail there actually. So I think in the space we are operating, uh, like just in my experience and, and kind of the reality of most markets today is that you need to have a really smart strategy and kind of, you need to hit the niche and some sort of a, a, a wave or a vertical or something that other people don't see. And you need to be the, the best and kind of nail every discipline from like product strategy to pricing, to go to market, uh, to be able to escape kind of the death valley of what like early stage startups go through and to, to kind of go to the next stages, like to grow to next stages of the company, each of those kind of disciplines or, or, or parts of the of the company need to work together really well. So you you need to constantly iterate on like until it's basically perfect. Uh, because I think, you know, not having done the company 10 years ago, it seemed to me that at that point, uh, markets were less competitive and uh, like you could get away with like some uh, inefficiencies maybe in the in the strategy or in the in the products but now it's like if you're in that stage where the company is like weak and it's fighting for its life you need to 
um, keep in mind every aspect of the business. And I think later it will get easier as it gets stronger and you're able to attract talent into each one of those um, like areas. Mm -hmm. So if you can dig a little deeper in, in how the company mm -hmm. looks like right now, do you have like specific departments and, and people responsible for those departments only? Yeah, so I think we have quite a good structure for a company of our stage. So we do have like the product functionality is divided by, by some people, mainly the CTO uh, and me are, are working on the product. We have engineers, we have an architect's role. Then going into the code to market side, we have head of marketing, we have a marketing specialist, we have you know an account executive. So all of the disciplines and like an SDR as well, or customer success. So we kind of have the all of the functions figured out and then we're kind of iterating each one of those areas of the business, uh, basically on a weekly basis, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Um, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You mentioned um, iteration quite a few times, and I think it's familiar to all of us working, working in IT. Uh, but I want to ask you if you can pinpoint specifics about your skills as an engineer that you took with you and used in your role as a CEO? I think there probably are some. <laughs> I think what enables it like iterate, iteration and, and learning from past activities is tracking all of the things you do and the results and forming, you know, what if you do something, what you expect it to change or, or, or what do you ex expect the result to be and then kind of you know, week after week or month after, after month reviewing those those activities and those results and continuously learning. So I think in the first couple of years as a company, the, the main thing you're actually doing is learning about what kind of works and forming a strategy that, that is viable in this space. So it's all about the data and kind of making logical decisions. So programmers so, are good in that. Yeah, yeah. So a lot like, like what engineers do. Uh, you also mentioned uh, the importance of strategy. And um, even though I'm not even an engineer, I feel like strategy is, is a word that's used a lot, but maybe it's not as crystal clear to everyone. And I am wondering if and when, at what kind of um, outside perspective or outside help you guys pursued while you were launching the company as as a couple of engineers, basically. Yeah. So uh, the biggest help by far has been talking to other founders, uh, especially in your own space that are um, ahead of you in terms of the size and maturity of the company. And in our case, we were fortunate enough to talk with like unicorn founders or like even founders of, of some public companies in our space, kind of a 360 view of the space. Um, so they you go and talk to them about your ideas and, and kind of what you're doing, they can easily point out flaws in your thinking and kind of give you a perspective of what they see. And, and having enough of your being tested and reviewed by other people um, enables you to see the, the, the blind spots and uh, things that they aren't seeing because like big companies think a bit differently than, than like early stage uh, startups. I 
think like to come back to the strategy being a pro term, it is definitely. And like, I think what, what I mean by that is identifying the things that like early on you're searching for a niche and in that niche, you need to understand what's the one value proposition that every uh, user in that niche uh, needs. Like what's the most common problem? What's the problem that people are willing to pay for? What's the problem that as a startup you can actually do? So some products are just too like R&D heavy to do as a startup. So you need to find a way and like, who are you going to sell it to? Is it big enterprises, is it smaller companies? What's this, where are uh, most of the market at? Like, are they bigger companies and how do you reach them? So I think the combination of all of those questions makes up the strategy. So now that we are at the nitty gritty, I, um, I'm, I'm picturing myself if I am a developer and I'm listening to you and you are talking to me about reaching out to other people or talking to, to founders, how did you reach out? Do you have like, did you have a lot of friends or, or have a network in this uh, kind of area before? Or did you have some sort of, um, of a strategy to, to reach out to existing founders? What do you suggest to our listeners? So we started completely from scratch without any network of any kind, nice. <laughs> basically. But uh, we got lucky in terms of that we had customers in the first year of, of starting. And that allowed us some credibility to attract that had a network. And then those angel investors introduced us to some VC funds. And from there on, like the guy who uh, advised me early on was like, every meeting you go into, ask five intros to, to next people. Like ask, like make them introduce five people to you. And then if you do that for months, <laughs> then the network grows exponentially. And they uh, like people who have been in the space have a large network and they know who you should be talking to at any given time. So it's important to get in front of people who have the network and you know, can see that, okay, that guy should should like speak to him or, or her. Being aggressive with uh, networking, basically. Awesome. Would you call that aggressive or would, would you just call it reaching out and hoping for the best? Not aggressive, like with communications, but just like doing it a lot and like in uh, your intentions that you, you know, you want to talk with somebody and and the fund managers and and like angel investors don't have a lot of time so if you like kind of beat around the bush um, then they might you know it's easier to just go out and ask what you want and uh, sometimes they give it to you <laughs> right thank you so there are a couple other key takeaways in there i feel like clear communications is definitely one of them and then mm -hmm. you talked about really um reaching out for for knowledge from knowledgeable people and and hiring for for fit for the company's uh, tasks that uh, that people have to do so look for a marketer for for your marketing um, after a certain size of the company or after mm -hmm. a certain kind of mm, step that you have taken and then i I also hear that it's a lot of work. It sounds like you have had to 
become this jack of all trades in a sense. Is that right? Yes, but it's in a really specific vertical. So maybe I mean jack of all trades in cloud monitoring space. So I know it inside and out, and I know how products work, what customers want, and you know how to go to market in this particular space. Uh, maybe it transcends a bit into other types of companies, but um, you need to know your area like really well. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Th thank you for the clarification because I think it makes it sound a lot less daunting than it, what, what I said sounded. So thanks for mm -hmm. that. We are at the end of uh, the questions that I have prepared, but, uh, but I would like to ask you, is there something else or anything else that you would like to add? Yeah, I think my takeaway is that I think with a lot of um, hard steps in your life that like you're afraid to take it at first and uh, start difficult, but even if like things don't go as planned, you, you're not gonna wish you didn't do it um, most of the time. So I encourage people to to go out and try and like if I can do it, then anyone can do it. So it's uh, definitely worth it, even if like you don't end up as a founder of a unicorn company, like the life experience and the perspective it gives you is uh, is well worth it. Um, so anyone who's interested in it, you need to have interest, obviously, but definitely try. And um, if you want, I can maybe help. All right. <laughs> I... There are some other networking connections to be made there. What are some of your plans that uh, that are in the future, if you care to share? So I think Tashbird is in a really good position at the moment in terms of you know, feel good about the market and the, the product and the team. So uh, I think in the next one and two years, it will be um, it might be completely a different company in terms of, of size and scale. And uh, it looks like we're in the right place at the right time. So I'm looking forward to kind of reaching the next level in terms of people involved, getting more senior roles and scaling the company. So I think that, you know, that's the only plan always as a startup founder is to scale and to, to grow, obviously. I'm looking forward to that specific next st stage. Awesome. And we are looking forward to, to seeing that happen. With that said, where can our listeners find you if they want to follow your work or even connect with you for some mentoring? You can reach me in LinkedIn or, or Twitter. I think maybe we can put the links in the right. description or I don't know how it works. Uh, or you can shoot me an email, um, dashboard.io. So all of those are, are completely fine. And um, yeah, if you can find me online, then I'll do my best to answer. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, and, and thank you for joining us today. And thank you to our listeners who are, who are here with us. Today, my guest was... Tavi Rahamagi and he's just I think my key takeaway is that we all need to step out of our comfort zones and um, try ourselves in new waters and we talked about becoming a CEO from an engineering role and so thanks for thanks for sharing your insights thanks for staying with us this was Level Up Engineering I am Carolina Toth and I hope to see you next time 
Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering Podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.